0: Jimmy Deeds presents False. It's an internet sportscast for nurses and flight attendants. Thank you for everything you have been doing for so long, including becoming security and bouncers, which is not what you signed up for in hospitals and on airplanes. And definitely, to, I'm serious about this, all of the, what's turned into department store bouncers, you were in retail, you were at the cash register, for example, and then all of a sudden you're out front doing security at your department store, and there were all kinds of problems. I mean, hopefully we're coming out of it now, but during the the cold weather, you had to stand either outside or by the sliding doors, just counting as people came in, which was difficult all by itself. And again, this was not what your job interview when you were originally hired was what it was for. So thank you for everything that you do. This is the Yearbook Sportscast. I'm your host, Doug. The NCAAs. Weird sense of humor or just match-up engineering in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. It happened again. Sometimes the selection committee will essentially schedule. some. It's supposed to be random, but sometimes they'll essentially schedule some kind of grudge match in the second round. All the two favorite teams have to do is win their first round games, and bingo, second round made-for-TV matchup that just happened to come about. Uh, Sometimes these things involve a personal connection of some kind, like Louisville, Rick Pitino's old team, facing Minnesota, Rick Pitino's son's team in 2019. Uh, This year, Rutgers, with Jacob Young, played Houston, Famously, Jacob Young's dad's alma mater in the second round. But, I mean, did the NCAA selection committee really go to all that trouble to set up a Jacob Young versus Jacob Young's dad matchup? Or was that one just a coincidence? But this was no coincidence. So, a friend of the podcast has always mispronounced, and it's not intentional, a friend of the podcast has always mispronounced Baylor University, Baylor. Baylor. So the committee went out and matched Baylor up in the first round against the University of Hartford, the school the friend of the podcast graduated from. When we saw that, we seriously could not believe that of all schools. That's the only school he talks about in the entire nation. Well, not a classic upset, everybody knows what a USC is. Kansas still outspends USC on men's basketball by more than $2 million. Kansas allegedly, maybe, possibly will find out outspent on a lot of things to assemble this team. And Kansas is Kansas. And USC beat Kansas by 34 points. But that's the Pac-12 all of a sudden. Uh, listen, do not... Feel badly for the Pac-12. It's a major conference with big money, big donors, and lots of fans. But the Pac-12 has spent the last several years sliding off the map in football, not making up for it enough in basketball, and finding out its fans are not hardcore enough. Again, do not feel sorry for the Pac-12. It's fine. Sports are cyclical. It's amazing what a couple of good hires will do. But on the way to not making up for it enough in basketball, again, USC turned out to be better than expected. UCLA turned out to be better than expected. Oregon turned out to be better than expected. And Oregon State, all at the same exact time. The Pac 12 has four of the 16 teams left in the tournament. Of course, of course, this would not be the recent history of the Pac 12 if there weren't a problem. USC and Oregon play each other next in the great 6-7 bowl, which, yeah, guarantees a Pac-12 team in the final eight, but also guarantees that at least one Pac-12 team will go. Says in the yearbook at Hotmail.com, if you have a complaint already, and we're only, what, four minutes in, over the last 10 years, we keep hearing a new stat over and over. Name of school here won its first NCAA tournament game ever or since 1977 or some other long ago time. A lot of times this is because name of school here won a game in the so-called first four. Just if you don't follow it, the first four is four games played right before the beginning of the NCAA tournament. The teams in those games all qualified for the NCAA tournament, but the first four are essentially play in games for four teams from small leagues and four better teams that nonetheless barely rated a spot in the tournament. So those eight teams get a couple of nights all to themselves where they play their four games, and then the four winners advance to the official start of the NCAA tournament. Publicly, everyone seems happy with this arrangement. The small conference winners say it's great to get an NCAA tournament win instead of being one and done. It's definitely good publicity. Hey, look, potential recruits, we advanced in the NCAA tournament. And this talk, which might be true, that playing before everyone else gets started, you get warmed up and work out the kinks, potentially giving you an advantage over your next opponent. But I've always been skeptical. So the the key here is, for most schools, the big prize is just reaching the NCAA tournament and all that the tournament stands for. Fame for a few days, national TV, and a shot at one of the glamorous teams on a neutral court. Finally, you get your shot. But if you were Texas Southern, just for example, you won your conference tournament. You are going dancing. You are going to the NCAAs. You gather around and watch the magical Selection Sunday show to see where you go, and you're going to the first four. You're playing in a game, some brackets don't even count, before a lot of people even start paying attention to the tournament against not a glamorous heavyweight, but fellow small school Mount St. Mary's, the kind of team you play all season long. Texas Southern did win that game last week, but that's not the game they signed up for. The win definitely has to be great. But is it really all that magical or legendary or especially memorable. And what about the schools that lose in the first four? They wildly celebrated making the big dance. I can't believe it. They gathered round and waited for their turn on the selection show and wound up playing in the first four against the kind of school they played all season and were already done before the big dance even started and no one even noticed. I don't know how all these schools have felt about the first four internally inside the walls of their athletic departments. But I think these teams have a great chance to win a tournament game. Sounds like a majorly cynical rationalization. And the whole thing sounds like a major tease. You're in the NCAA tournament. Actually, you have to play into the NCAA tournament after already playing into the NCAA tournament. Oops. Now you're out of the NCAA tournament before it even started. Congratulations on a great season. The financial reality is the NCAA needs the tournament to support all of its sports, and the NCAA needs a lot of teams in its tournament to make money. But the first four just seems like a letdown, even for the winners. I sincerely apologize. I mean that. We keep harping on this. But this case in particular is slightly different. So with the baseball season approaching, three teams considered 2021 contenders opted to basically just dump star players. The Rays traded Blake Snell, the Cubs traded Hugh Darvish, and Cleveland traded Francisco Lindor. The troubling thing here is that Snell and Darvish – still had multiple years left on their contracts, meaning there wasn't any big rush to cash them in for something in return. The other troubling thing here is all three of those trades might have unnecessarily downgraded those three teams' chances this year. The slightly different thing here is it appears all three teams had the money to keep those stars, or at the very least, Chicago and Cleveland could have afforded to keep them. We on the show have a a really big problem with everybody celebrating the parody of baseball. Well, baseball is set up for half the league to not have the money to even compete. But in this case, affording the talent apparently was not the problem. Uh, Teams appear to just be going cheap. This happened last season, too, when the Red Sox, one of MLB's richest teams, essentially gave away one of the top two or three players in the entire game, Mookie Betts, who was only 27 at the time as well. So baseball doesn't seem to have reached a point where no one wants to spend any money, which would be bad. It was easy to find takers for all four of the aforementioned star players. But serious contenders just opting to not contend, possibly only to save cash, is depressing. Even more so for fans of the Rays, Zero World Series titles and Cleveland zero World Series titles since 1948, and even the Cubs one World Series title since 1908. IndyCar, hey. Isn't there supposed to be a race around here somewhere? Yes, the season should have started March 7th, but the St. Petersburg race was postponed. So now the season starts April 18th at Alabama. St. Petersburg is April 25th. Last week in Division 1 AA football, number 15, California Davis. Home games only available on the CW31. CW Sacramento's news leader, UC Davis, buried rival Cal Poly 73 24. This would, we think you made. Your opinion may differ. This, we think, would be about the equivalent maybe of Purdue crushing Indiana 73-24, or since Indiana's up and Purdue's down, Indiana crushing Purdue 73-24. And thanks to COVID, this isn't over. In what will be the equivalent of Purdue playing Indiana for the old Oaken Bucket again, UC Davis and Cal Poly will play again in three weeks, only thanks to covid Only this first game was designated the official rivalry game. The second game will not be for the Golden Horseshoe, even though it absolutely should be. It's 2021. Why not win a rivalry trophy and then hand it right back three weeks later? But I'm sure that wouldn't go over well in Davis. As for the UC Davis equivalent of USC, UCLA, UC Davis is a cursed arch nemesis is Sacramento State. Without traffic, the two schools are just 20 minutes away from each other, and they've played each other every year since 1954, uh, but Sacramento State opted out of the spring season. Outside forces also threatened the rivalry just two years ago when the California wildfires forced the battle for the greater Sacramento area to be played in Nevada. Uh, In case you missed it, the UC Davis Aggies coach, Is Dan Hawkins Yes That Dan Hawkins If you don't know who Dan Hawkins is Well He was the coach At Boise State When Boise State Really broke into the big time And surprised everybody He was on ESPN It really doesn't matter